0: And now, welcome to Like a Boss. Insights with influencers, creatives, online entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. Here is your hostess, Heather Havenwood, Chief Sexy Boss, helping you rise to the top.
1: Wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now, I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one on one strategy session. So go to CoachWithHeather.com, CoachWithHeather.com, and let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. Hey everyone, this is Heather Havenwood, and I'm so excited for this new podcast today. Um, and my name is Heather Havenwood. Welcome to Like a Boss Influence with uh, entrepreneurs and badass celebrities. I'm actually going to be talking about some really cool stuff today, which is the day I met Martha Fucking Stewart. I am so excited to talk to you about this today. And let me tell you a little bit why. First of all, I was born in 1975. See now how old I am. And I grew up in the eighties. There's two women in my life that truly, truly, truly outside of my mom made a huge impact in my life. And that was Madonna and Martha. So like the two women in my life that I would truly love to meet are Martha and Madonna. Yes, of course. I would love to meet Oprah. No, no lie. But I think, Martha and Madonna made a bigger impact because Oprah was becoming to kind of come out when I was in my twenties and I was already focused on career. And I remember at my job at the time, we had like Oprah going on in the background, like randomly in the middle of the customer service area. So I remember going, Oh, what's that talk show? You know? So I didn't have the impact. Oprah didn't have that impact, but Martha, Oh girl, Martha had impact. Now the way she had impact was definitely not on my cooking skills. <laughs> are my decorating skills? <laughs> it was truly on just being a badass woman. She, the, here's a couple of things I want to tell you a little bit what happened. First of all, I was in New York City. It was truly, oh my god, it was such a magnificent weekend. I was only there for like three days, and it was unbelievable. A couple of things I did: one, I met Martha Stewart, Iced Tea, Cocoa at Carnegie Hall. I've never been to Carnegie Hall before. We were there for two days in Carnegie Hall. It was gorgeous walking around all day. It's not just like one of it, like all day. And seeing the on the writing on the wall, like who's donated, the who's who of New York donated money to Carnegie Hall and looking for different people and political people. And uh, just just that was cool. Like just looking at that list. I don't know why I have this thing about the donor list of really big establishments like that. I feel like if you could put your name on that kind of level of a donor wall like you're the shit. <laughs> so who was on there? Of course, uh Trump was on there, uh the Basses, the Bass family. And the reason why I know the Bass family is cuz I lived in Fort Worth for a couple of years, and if you've ever if you've ever been to Fort Worth, you would know that the Bass family pretty much owns all of Fort Worth. But that's for another story. So I met Carnegie Hall there for 2 days just beautiful facility, just magnificent. The energy of that facility was just unbelievable. And one of the things I learned from this event, from Clint Arthur was the event, Living Legends, once in a lifetime event, never going to happen again. And, you know, he really, opened my eyes, Clint Arthur really opened my eyes. And what he opened my eyes to is why have seminars at a Hyatt or a Marriott? or whatever the hell, a Hilton, when you can have it in Carnegie Hall, when you can have it at the Nixon library, when you can have it at whatever, like why have events at boring places? Now it's going to cost you more. It's going to be more a pain in the ass, but the element of the experience at the next level is just fantastic. So anyone who was on stage and while we were there, we didn't just meet Martha Stewart at the Hyatt. We met Martha Stewart at Carnegie Hall. I met Martha Stewart and Coco and Ice T and the Scorpion and Michael Gerber at Carnegie Hall. I mean, there's a whole other level to that. But I want to tell you what I learned from Martha Stewart. Now, in other episodes, I'm going to be talking about what I met. I learned from Ice T and Coco and the Scorpion. Oh my God, the Scorpion. If you want to know what I'm talking about, go to conciergeus.com. Uh, he was like he's got like a genius IQ 197 Uh, in the world of IQ. He calls us IQ, FQ, EQ, BQ. Anyways, his whole world is a construct of Qs. And he literally walked up to me. He goes, you have a high EQ and a high BQ, but you need to probably marry a man that has high FQ and high IQ so that you can increase your FQ I'm like what, what I go, did you just tell me that I need to marry a wealthy smart man? He's like, yes. <laughs> oh my God. That was so funny. Okay. So uh, that's what I learned from Scorpion. But that again, another conversation, it kind of threw me, I walked away from that conversation in a loop. So let's go back to Martha, 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 Martha. Whew, she revolutionized a few things. She made being a homemaker cool. She made a homemaker like fun. She made being a wife stay-at-home mom or a homemaker like exciting, fun, an art form, a job, a, 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 a whole nother level. Now, we got to get before that because her first book was in the 80s. Before that, you saw on TV, in the fifties and sixties, women who were the house maker per se were like boring, you know, um, or the man came home, they had everything cooked for them and they had the slippers, the whole thing. Like there was kind of like a no art form kind of thing in homemaking. I had to take homemaking class, which is absolutely horrible. Back then I had to learn how to cook. Uh, Many women had to do it, but I remember the men in, you know, the men, the boys, the boys in the school, junior high and high school would say things like, I don't ever have to do this because women in my life are going to do it. Like stuff like that. Like it was very ingrained to be a housemaker. And now I was not attracted to that. Obviously I'm never good at cooking. I couldn't stand it. I always thought I was going to, you know, date or marry a chef anyway. Um, but what Martha did is she revolutionized it to be cool to be fun to be artistic to be creative as a homemaker as a wife as a, like that it was like a whole other level parties and and birthdays and what she made it an art form and she made a lot of money from it okay but a couple things i wanted to let you know that she was such a rebel on she's such a rebel when she first started her first book she was age 41 now sink that in ladies and gentlemen a lot of you who go, oh, I'm older and all the millennials are coming up and they're catching me, whatever. I can't do this. She did not publish her first book until she was 41. People, I'm 44 and sometimes I feel like I'm behind the scenes. I feel like I'm behind, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I got to catch up. 41 was her first book. She has been doing this for 37 years. That woman is 78 and she is amazing. She looks fantastic. We're going to get that in a second. But 41, her first book, God, guys, can you imagine starting a business in your 40s that you do for 37 years and you're a billionaire? That's what she did. Now, a couple things she did rebellious wise. One, she lived a Connecticut life. You know what I mean by that? Like the Connecticut Hampton life. She lived that life. Her husband, when she first married, was a multimillionaire. I looked this up. He, his net worth was like 600 something million. I don't know what he was in, something broadcasting. I'm not exactly sure. Not obviously a name that I could drop. His last name was Stewart. So um, that's where she got her last name from. She had a kid. She had one little daughter at the time. She had a child. So she divorced and started the Martha Stewart you know, world. She was 41 and divorced. She, look at this a second. She's 41, divorced in the eighties with a 10 year old kid. So a single mom with a 10 year old kid, divorced from the Connecticut Hampton world. And she starts her own empire. Now, Nowadays it's like, eh, that's a big deal back then. My mom got divorced in 84, 85. And she was like outcasted because she was this single woman with kids. Like you talk about outcasting. We weren't allowed to go to church. It was these constant outcasting conversations. She wasn't allowed to go to events or parties because she was a single woman in the 80s. It was very outcasted, especially as what I call the white girl, white woman thing. It was, you know, we lived in the Burbs in Houston, definitely not Connecticut world, but we lived in what I call upper middle class. And my mom was really outcasted and we lost everything from that. But, uh, so I understand what it took. For Martha, who lived in this lavish life, already being married to a man that was, I understand, well off. And who knows what happened to the relationship? There wasn't a lot of talk about the relationship. Uh, but for whatever reason, they divorced. And she had a kid She's say, who's only 10, so a young child. And she decided to go on her own. And I'm giving you this information because I think every person listening who's like, I can't do it. Or I have to have my husband or wife support, or I have a small kid or like whatever that, my mom doesn't support me. My father doesn't support, me, my family doesn't support me. Martha did it. Martha did it. Okay. So that's the first thing I learned from Martha. Number one, she started at 41 and she's still kicking it and she's a billionaire. All right. Number two, She'd been doing this for 37 years. This woman's 78. Now imagine if you started doing a business where you could still be doing it at age 78 and look fabulous. The woman looked fabulous. There's a picture online. She, her skin was magnificent. Now who knows what she's, she's getting jobs. I, I don't know, but she looked amazing for 78. She looked better than some 60 year old women that I know, you know, or men vice versa. And she looked amazing. She takes care of herself. Another thing I learned, she goes to the dentist for every four months, not six months, four months. I think that's brilliant. And there are studies, you're welcome to look this up. 85% of all diseases start in the mouth. So that makes sense. As you get older, she's going more frequently versus less. She goes every four months to get full teeth clean. She talked about that, flossing, all this stuff that basically she really takes care of her mouth. And a couple of reasons why she does that. One, uh it's a huge indicator, your mouth is a huge indicator of your body. It's a direct correlation. Uh, number two, she's on camera, right? So she's got a smile. Big smile. Um, got her teeth good, clean, and so I think that was really interesting. So I took that down. Like, I'm gonna start going to the dentist every four months. I think it's a huge component of your health. Okay, so that's the second thing I learned. So she's been kicking it and still doing this for 37 years. Now, next next thing I've learned. I'm gonna to do top three, and I'm gonna go into some more, guys. This is oh, such a big one. I just want to take a minute. Such a big one. Okay, I gotta go back. Well, she was there. She was being interviewed by Clint, and we all got to submit questions together. So one person was asking the questions, obviously Clint, but we all got to submit as a group. So we got to have some questions that we individually wanted answered. And uh, she talked about jail, which she calls Yale camp. Now, if you don't know who Martha Stewart is, you're welcome to look it up. She went to Yale, she calls Yale camp, for five months for supposedly um, inside training. That happens every day in Wall Street. James Comey at the time was the attorney general and is the one that focused on her and put her in Yale camp. So for whatever reason, very kind of a conspiracy theorist thing going on with that, she went to Yale camp, she calls it jail, Yale camp and wore, you know, uh, her orange for five months. And she just was so funny about this. She said, yeah, you know, I went to Yale for five months. I kind of giggled. And she goes, did you know, did you know that you can get visitors every day at Yale camp? And she said, well, you know, she was so funny. She said, yeah, well, I did get a visitor every day from my friends. And the people that didn't show up are no longer my Christmas list. You know, and I think what she was saying there is that you really try, you really find out who your friends are when shit hits the fan. I know I've been through that. I've gone through massive financial, emotional trauma. And man, you tell a friend that disappears after that not a friend, not a friend, period. Not a friend, not a true friend. Uh, I've had that personally happen. Okay. So Yale camp, she goes to Yale camp. Her stock goes to a dollar. I am not going to lie. Her stock goes to a dollar. Let's go. I can actually go look it up. What is her stock now? No one believed in her. This is by the way, in the nineties, um, this is before Hobby Weinstein or any weird stuff like that. This is before all that. I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, Martha, let's see what Google says. Martha Stewart stock. Let's see what happens. I'll have to look it up here a second. Look at her actual canopy growth stock. Martha Stewart wanda stocks. Oh yeah. She is actually getting into CBD. So, um, oh, she's become the advisor of a company doing CBD. And so she's getting into that. Wow. She is so awesome. Wow. 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 She's so, I mean, she's amazing. All right. Um, here's my point. What's my point? So she goes to Yale for five months. She's watching her ticker. She actually made more money after she got out. Now here's the key. She says to us, When she went to jail, all of her sponsors left her, okay? And she was on a particular station. I don't know which one, you know, top uh, station, probably NBC and one of those, right? And they cut her. But before that, because what she got started, where she got started, hold on to your seats, where she got started is PBS. PBS! Then had a network pick her up. Then she went to Yale camp, all the networks dropped her and a lot of sponsors. She came back from P from J- from Yale jail. And guess what? PBS is like, come on back, Martha, because here's the thing with PBS. They don't have sponsors. They don't have advertisers like that. So her, she her is basically infomercial. So they go, come on back, right? It's a pay to play kind of thing, different type of thing. And she got her show back fast. She went right back on the TV and started selling those bed sheets. Boom. She took off. What am I trying to say? People. She made a billion dollars on PBS. P B S. How many of you even watch it? How many of you discard it? How many of you go? PBS? She made a billion on PBS. Now what is today's PBS? Everyone say it with me. YouTube, 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 YouTube is the new PPS because you can sell whatever you want. I'm on right now. I'm going to put this on, on YouTube. I'm going to tell you to go site. I can sell stuff right now. Go, go, go. Bye, 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 bye. No one's going to block me from that. Right? They might have, I might allow commercials to come in in between, which I'm not going to, but I had that control. So when asked, she was asked the question, Martha, what would you tell people here that really want to be on a big TV show, like a network show? She said, don't do it. Focus on YouTube. He's like, no, really. Like, what would it take to be on, you know, a real TV show? And she goes, YouTube is a real TV show. People are making millions of dollars on YouTube. That to me was a lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Why? Because everyone, people, let me listen and say this. Truly, 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 truly got to start making videos on YouTube and killing it and focusing and making really, really, really good videos on YouTube. All right. So number three lesson I learned, Martha Stewart made a billion dollars on what? PBS. Can you make a billion dollars on PBS? I don't know, but you could try to start making money on YouTube, right? That was such a huge aha. It was such a drop the mic pin moment for me that I could have literally walked out of Carnegie hall, walked out of Manhattan, gotten back on my plane to Austin and seriously would have felt amazing about the weekend. But that was just the beginning. That was just day one. It was just day one. It was so amazing. I got a chance to get on a really cool boat. We went around Staten Island and we saw Liberty. Oh, the Statue of Liberty was unbelievable. It was so amazing. It was so amazing and so beautiful. And I just was so in, in, impressed with, you know, just the statue. It was so great. I just was like blown away. It was a beautiful night. We went to the boat, we stopped, we took pictures and you can see my Instagram. Okay. So there's that. Whew. Let's see what else. Oh, you know what else with her? She knows content. She knows what she is. She's a content creator. And she said that I'm a content creator. That's what I do. I'm a content creator. She literally said that. She talked about how she was one of the first people to actually interview Oprah. That was cool. Um, let's see. She made a billion dollars on PBS. She calls jail Gale, And then, Oh, I love this question. So someone asked an in odd the, in the, in the group, So it was asked of her, what type of roof is on your house? And she looked at the audience and then looked at Clint and kind of giggled and said, which house? (laughs) And you know what? She knew exactly what kind of roof she had. She knew what kind it is, uh, when she got it, why she uses that kind of roof on that house. And then the next house, the next house, three houses, at least that's what she talked about. And one house she said that it was built in 1929, so we have to keep the aesthetics of that particular roof. She went into all of it. And I just absolutely love that when she just did this kind of wink, wink, giggle, giggle, like, oh, you know, like, which house? God, I can't wait till, like, one day I have that, right? Um, all right. So those are the things I learned from Martha Stewart. Let me tell you a little bit about more about the trip. Man, um, I really got to give Clint Arthur a little shout out. Living Legends event was truly one of a kind. Um, I'm su- surprised when people weren't there. I I get that they didn't really a note to expect it. Kind of was how it was shared was like, What? What is this thing? Living Legends? What does that mean? You know, we got a chance to meet Ice T and Coco and Um Marco Gerber. God, he talked about some interesting things. He even said, quote, that coaching was dead. <laughs> coaching's dead. What are you talking about? But that's a whole nother conversation, but I will want to share with you something that Clint Arthur said that I absolutely adore. He said, when you become a celebrity, you get better looking. Well, hot damn. I agree with him. I see Coco are 20 years apart, 20 years. He's 60. She's 40. Okay. And she looks hot. I mean, smoking hot. She's got the curves of all the curves. He looks hot. He's hilarious. He is so funny. They work well together. He said, quote, the moment, the moment, the moment, the moment that I started dating Coco, I doubled my revenue. You know why? It's that balance. It's that masculine feminine energy. It's that understanding the differences. It's understanding how strong the feminine energy is to the masculine energy and vice versa. So I want to leave you with this in all seriousness. Um, oh, another thing That was something interesting that Coco said. She said, uh, you know, all men, I, the reason I started dating Ice-T, and they've been together for 20 years, uh, was because he was over 40. He was at 40 or 40. And men don't really know what they want until 40. And I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree, that. I agree that most men and women, but more men than women, they really don't understand the trajectory of their life till they hit 40. Um, I agree with that. I really agree with that. And we, women too. That's why I think it's interesting that Martha didn't start until she was 41. One book, her first little book. And I think it was like on weddings or wedding cakes or something. Check it out. Okay. Is that good? That was good, right? That was so good. That was just, that was right there. I, so I spent so many thousands of dollars to get that information. I just gave it to you guys. Just Just gave it to you guys. Because there is power in understanding other people's journey. Now we all have our own journey. That you know, Ice Tea's journey is different than Coco's versus Martha Stewart's versus Michael Gerber's, of course. And the journey, journeys aren't linear, but understanding some of the lessons that they have learned along the way is truly, truly important. And I think it's beneficial for everybody. So I will leave you with this: you know, if you think you're too old to get started, if you think, oh, no one's ever going to want to. Listen to me, or no one's ever going to buy my bed sheets, right? Well, whatever it is, that's bullshit. It is time. It is time for you to start your business today. Just get started. What do I say? Just get started. All right, that's it. Be you. Be real. Be the boss of your life. Do more. Have more. Be more. Seriously. This is Heather Havenwood. Check it out. Check me out at heatherhavenwood.com. Peace. Are you a business owner that has a website but not tech savvy? Do you feel like a hostage to your web guy? The better question is, do you have a money funnel so people come to your page and give you money while you sleep? No? The go watch free video at heathermakesyoumoney.com. Imagine having a money site, not a website, for your self-published book, e-commerce products, local practitioners like chiropractors or lawyers. Get a money site, not a website. Go watch free video at heathermakesyoumoney.com. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company do you want to have more control of your income and your time then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business as a female entrepreneur i have succeeded i have bit the dust i have bounced back to growth and prosperity but this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business but i didn't do it alone i hired my first business coach 13 years ago and now I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com, and let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Hey everyone, this is Heather Havenwood, and I'm so excited for this new podcast today. Um, and my name is Heather Havenwood. Welcome to Like a Boss Influence with uh, entrepreneurs and badass celebrities. I'm actually going to be talking about some really cool stuff today, which is the day I met Martha Fucking Stewart. I am so excited to talk to you about this today. And let me tell you a little bit why. First of all, I was born in 1975. See now how old I am. And I grew up in the eighties. So there's two women in my life that truly, truly, truly outside of my mom made a huge impact in my life. And that was Madonna and Martha. So like the two women in my life that I would truly love to meet are Martha and Madonna. Yes, of course. I would love to meet Oprah. No, no lie. But I think, Martha Madonna made a bigger impact because Oprah was becoming to kind of come out when I was in my twenties and I was already focused on career. And I remember at my job at the time, we had like Oprah going on in the background, like randomly in the middle of the customer service area. So I remember going, Oh, what's that talk show? You know? So I didn't have the impact. Oprah didn't have that impact, but Martha, Oh girl, Martha had impact. Now the way she had impact was definitely not on my cooking skills. <laughs> are my decorating skills? <laughs> it was truly on just being a badass woman. She, the, here's a couple of things I want to tell you a little bit what happened. First of all, I was in New York City. It was truly, oh my god, it was such a magnificent weekend. I was only there for like three days, and it was unbelievable. A couple of things I did: one, I met Martha Stewart, Ice Tea, Cocoa at Carnegie Hall. I've never been to Carnegie Hall before. We are there for two days in Carnegie Hall. It was gorgeous walking around all day. It's not just like one of it, like all day and seeing the on the writing on the wall, like who's donated the who's who of New York donated money to Carnegie Hall and looking for different people and political people. And, uh, just, just, that was cool. Like just looking at that list. I don't know why I have this thing about the donor list of really big establishments like that. I feel like if you could put your name on that kind of level of a donor wall, like you're the shit. <laughs> so who was on there? Of course, uh, Trump was on there. Uh, the Basses, the Bass family. And the reason why I know the Bass family is because I lived in Fort Worth for a couple of years. And if you've ever if you've ever been to Fort Worth, you would know that Bass family pretty much owns all Fort Worth. But that's for another story. So I'm at Carnegie Hall there for two days. Just beautiful facility, just magnificent. The energy of that facility was just unbelievable. And one of the things I learned from this event, from Clint Arthur was the event living legends once in a lifetime event, never going to happen again. And you know, he really opened my eyes. Clint Arthur really opened my eyes. And what he opened my eyes to is why have seminars at a Hyatt or a Marriott? or whatever the hell, a Hilton, when you can have it in Carnegie Hall, when you can have it at the Nixon library, when you can have it at whatever, like why have events at boring places? Now it's going to cost you more. It's going to be more of a pain in the ass, but the element of the experience at the next level is just fantastic. So anyone who was on stage and while we were there, we didn't just meet Martha Stewart at the Hyatt. We met Martha Stewart at Carnegie Hall. I met Martha Stewart and Coco and Ice-T and the Scorpion and Michael Gerber at Carnegie Hall. I mean, there's a whole other level to that. But I want to tell you what I learned from Martha Stewart. Now, in other episodes, I'm going to be talking about what I met. I learned from Ice-T and Coco and the Scorpion. Oh, my God, the Scorpion. Right. If you want to know what I'm talking about, go to conciergeus.com. Uh, he was like he's got like a genius IQ 197 Uh, in the world of IQ. He calls us IQ, FQ, EQ, BQ. Anyways, his whole world is a construct of Qs. And he literally walked up to me. He goes, you have a high EQ and a high BQ, but you need to probably marry a man that has high FQ and high IQ so that you can increase your FQ I'm like what, what I go, did you just tell me that I need to marry a wealthy smart man? He's like, yes. <laughs> oh my God. That was so funny. Okay. So uh, that's what I learned from Scorpion. But that again, a conversation, it kind of threw me, I walked away from that conversation in a loop. So let's go back to Martha, 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 Martha. Ooh, she revolutionized a few things. She made being a homemaker cool. She made a homemaker like fun. She made being a wife stay-at-home mom or a homemaker like exciting, fun, an art form, a job, a, 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 a whole nother level. Now, we got to get before that because her first book was in the 80s. Before that, you saw on TV in the 50s and 60s, women who were the house maker per se were like boring, you know. Uh, or the man came home, they had everything cooked for them and they had the slippers, the whole thing. Like there was kind of like a no art form kind of thing in homemaking. I had to take homemaking class, which is absolutely horrible. Back then, I had to learn how to cook. Uh, men and women had to do it, but I remember the men in. You know, the men, the boys, the boys in the school, junior high and high school, would say things like, I don't ever have to do this because women in my life are going to do it. Like, stuff like that. Like, it was very ingrained to be a housemaker. And now I was not attracted to that. Obviously, I'm not very good at cooking. I couldn't stand it. I always thought I was going to, you know, date or marry a chef anyway. Um, But what Martha did is she revolutionized it to be cool. To be fun, to be artistic, to be creative as a homemaker, as a wife, as a, like that. It was like a whole other level. Parties and and birthdays and what she made it an art form, and she made a lot of money from it. Okay, but a couple things I want to let you know that she was such a rebel. On she's such a rebel. When she first started her first book, she was age forty-one. I'll sink that in, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of you who go, oh, I'm older and all the millennials are coming up and they're catching me, whatever. I can't do this. She did not publish her first book until she was 41. People, I'm 44 and sometimes I feel like I'm behind the scenes. I feel like I'm behind, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I got to catch up. 41 was her first book. She has been doing this for 37 years. That woman is 78 and she is amazing. She looks fantastic. we are going to that in a second. But 41, her first book, God, guys, can you imagine starting a business in your 40s that you do for 37 years and you're a billionaire? That's what she did. Now, a couple things she did rebellious wise. One, she lived a Connecticut life. You know what I mean by that? Like the Connecticut Hampton life. She lived that life. Her husband when she first married was a multimillionaire. I looked this up. He, his net worth was like 600 something million. I don't know what he was in something broad, broadcasting. I'm not exactly sure. Not obviously a name that I could drop. His last name was Stuart. So, um, that's where she got her last name from. She had a kid. She had one little daughter at the time. She had a child. So she divorced and started the Martha Stewart, you know, world. She was 41 and divorced. She, look at this. a second, second. She's 41. Divorced in the eighties with a 10 year old kid. So a single mom with a 10 year old kid divorced from the Connecticut Hampton world. And she starts her own empire. Now nowadays it's like, eh, that's a big deal. Back then. My mom got divorced in 84, 85. And she was like outcasted because she was the single woman with kids. Like you talk about outcasting. We were not allowed to go to church. It was these constant outcasting conversations. She wasn't allowed to go to events or parties because she was a single woman in the 80s. It was very outcasted, especially as what I call the white girl, white woman thing. It was, you know, we lived in the Burbs in Houston, definitely not Connecticut world, but we lived in what I call upper middle class. And my mom was really outcasted and we lost everything from that. But, uh, so I understand what it took for Martha who lived in this lavish life already being married to a man that was, I understand well off. And who knows what happened to the relationship. There wasn't a lot of talk about the relationship. Um, but for whatever reason they divorced and she had a kid, she's say, who's only 10. So a young child. And she decided to go on her own. And I'm giving you this information because I think every person listening who's like, I can't do it. Or I have to have my husband or wife support, or I have a small kid or like whatever that my mom doesn't support me. My father doesn't support me, my family doesn't support me. Martha did it. Martha did it. Okay. So that's the first thing I learned from Martha. Number one, she started at 41 and she's still kicking it and she's a billionaire. All right. Number two, She'd been doing this for 37 years. This woman's 78. Now imagine if you started doing a business where you could still be doing it at age 78 and look fabulous. The woman looked fabulous. There's a picture online. She, her skin was magnificent. Now who knows what she's, she's getting jobs. I, I don't know, but she looked amazing for 78. She looks better than some 60 year old women that I know, you know, or men vice versa. And she looked amazing. She takes care of herself. Another thing I learned, she goes to the dentist for every four months, not six months, four months. I think that's brilliant. And there are studies, you're welcome to look this up. 85% of all diseases start in the mouth. So that makes sense. As you get older, she's going more frequently versus less. She goes every four months to get full teeth clean. She talked about that, flossing, all this stuff that basically she really takes care of her mouth. And a couple of reasons why she does that. One, uh, it's a huge indicator, your mouth is a huge indicator of your body. It's a direct correlation. Uh, number two, she's on camera, right? So she's got a smile, big smile. Um, she's got her teeth good, clean. And so I think that was really interesting. so I took that down. Like I'm going to start going to the dentist every four months. I think it's a huge component of your health. Okay. So that's the second thing I learned. So she's been kicking it and still doing this for 37 years. Now, next, next thing I've learned I'm gonna to do top three, and I'm gonna go into some more, guys. This is ah, oh, such a big one. I just want to take a minute. Such a big one. Okay, I gotta go back. Well, she was there. She was being interviewed by Clint, and we all got to submit questions together. So one person was asking the questions, obviously Clint, but we all got to submit as a group. So we got to have some questions that we individually wanted to answer. And she talked about jail, which she calls Yale camp. Now, if you don't know who Martha Stewart is, you're welcome to look it up. She went to Yale, she calls Yale camp, for five months for supposedly um, inside training. That happens every day in Wall Street. James Comey at the time was the Attorney General and is the one that focused on her and put her in Yale camp. So for whatever reason, very kind of a conspiracy theorist thing going on with that, she went to Yale camp, she calls it jail, Yale camp and wore, you know, uh, her orange for five months. And she just was so funny about this. She said, yeah, you know, I went to Yale for five months. I kind of giggled. And she goes, did you know, did you know that you can get visitors every day at Yale camp? And she said, well, you know, she was so funny. She said, yeah, well, I did get a visitor every day from my friends. And the people that didn't show up are no longer my Christmas list. You know, and I think what she was saying there is that you really try, you really find out who your friends are when shit hits the fan. I know I've been through that. I've gone through massive financial, emotional trauma. And man, you tell a friend that disappears after that not a friend, not a friend, period. Not a friend, not a true friend. Uh, I've had that personally happen. Okay. So Yale camp, she goes to Yale camp. Her stock goes to a dollar. I am not going to lie. Her stock goes to a dollar. Let's go. I can actually go look it up. What is her stock now? No one believed in her. This is by the way, in the nineties, Um, this is before Harvey Weinstein or any weird stuff like that. This is before all that. I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, Martha, let's see what Google says. Martha Stewart stock. Let's see what happens. I'll have to look it up in here a second. Look at her actual canopy growth stock. Martha Stewart, mayor, stocks. Oh yeah. She is actually getting into CBD. So, um, Oh, she's become the advisor of a company doing CBD. And so she's getting into that. Wow. She is so awesome. Wow. 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 She's so, I mean, she's amazing. All right. Um, here's my point. What's my point? So she goes to Yale for five months. She's watching her ticker. She actually made more money after she got out. Now here's the key. She says to us, when she went to jail, all of her sponsors left her. Okay. And she was on a particular station. I don't know which one, a to, a, you know, top uh, station by NBC and one of those. Right. And they cut her. But before that, cause what she got started, where she got started, now hold on to your seats. Where she got started is PBS, PBS. Then had a network pick her up. Then she went to Yale camp, all the networks dropped her and a lot of sponsors. She came back from P from J from Yale jail. And guess what? PBS is like, come on back, Martha, because here's the thing with PBS. They don't have sponsors. They don't have advertisers like that. So her, she, her is basically infomercial. So they go, come on back. Right. It's a pay to play kind of thing, different type of thing. And she got her show back fast. She went right back on the TV and started selling those bed sheets. Boom. She took off. What am I trying to say? People. She made a billion dollars on PBS. P B S. How many of you even watch it? How many of you discard it? How many of you go PBS? She made a billion on PBS. Now what is today's PBS? Everyone say it with me. YouTube, 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 YouTube is the new PBS because you can sell whatever you want. I'm on right now. I'm going to put this on, on YouTube. I'm going to tell you to go site. I can sell stuff right now. Go, go, go. Buy, bye, bye, buy. No one's going to block me from that. Right? They might have, I might allow commercials to come in in between, which I'm not going to, but I had that control. So when asked, she was asked the question, Martha, what would you tell people here that really want to be on a big TV show, like an, an, a network show? She said, "Don't do it. Focus on YouTube." He's like, "No, really. Like, how, what would it take to be on, you know, a real TV show?" And she goes, "YouTube is a real TV show. People are making millions of dollars on YouTube." That to me was a lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Why? Because everyone, people. Let me listen and say this. Truly, truly, truly. Truly, truly got to start making videos on YouTube and killing it and focusing and making really, really, really good videos on YouTube. All right. So number three lesson I learned, Martha Stewart made a billion dollars on what? PBS. Can you make a billion dollars on PBS? I don't know, but you could try to start making money on YouTube, right? That was such a huge aha. It was such a drop the mic pin moment for me that I could have literally walked out of Carnegie hall, walked out of Manhattan, gotten back on my plane to Austin and seriously would have felt amazing about the weekend. But that was just the beginning. That was just day one. It was just day one. It was so amazing. I got a chance to get on a really cool boat. We went around Staten Island and we saw Liberty. Oh, the Statue of Liberty was unbelievable. It was so amazing. It was so amazing and so beautiful. And I just was so in, in, impressed with, you know, just the statue. It was so great. I just was like blown away. It was a beautiful night. We went to the boat, we stopped, we took pictures and you can see my Instagram. Okay. So there's that. Whew. Let's see what else. Oh, you know what else with her? She knows content. She knows what she is. She's a content creator, and she said that I'm a content creator. That's what I do. I'm a content creator. She literally said that. She talked about how she was one of the first people to actually interview Oprah. That was cool. Um, let's see. She made a billion dollars on PBS. She calls Jayla Gale, and then oh, I love this question. So someone asked in the odd in the in the group. So it was asked of her, what type of roof is on your house? And she looked at the audience and then looked at Clint and kind of giggled and said, which house? (laughs) And you know what? She knew exactly what kind of roof she had. She knew what kind it is, uh, when she got it, why she uses that kind of roof on that house. And then the next house, the next house, three houses, at least that's what she talked about. And one house, said that it was built in 1929, so we have to keep the aesthetics of that particular room. Da, 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 da. She went into all of it, and I just absolutely love that when she just did this kind of wink, wink, giggle, giggle, like, oh, you know, like, which house? God, I can't wait till, like, one day I have that, right? Um, all right. So are the things I learned from Martha Stewart. Let me tell you a little bit about more about the trip. Man, um, I really got to give Clint Arthur a little shout out. Living Legends event was truly one of a kind. Um, I'm su- surprised when people weren't there. I, I get that they didn't really know what to expect. It kind of was how it was shared was like, what? What is this thing? Living Legends? What does that mean? You know, we got a chance to meet Ice T and Coco and um, Marco Gerber. God, he talked about some interesting things. He even said, quote, that coaching was dead coaching's dead. What are you talking about? But that's a whole nother conversation, but I will want to share with you something that Clint Arthur said that I absolutely adore. He said, when you become a celebrity, you get better looking. Well, hot damn. I agree with him. I seen Coco are 20 years apart, 20 years. He's 60. She's 40. Okay. And she looks hot. I mean smoking hot she's got the curves of all the curves. he looks hot, he's hilarious. he is so funny. they work well together. He said quote, "The moment, the moment, the moment, the moment that I started dating Coco, I doubled my revenue. you know why? It's that balance it's that masculine feminine energy. it's that understanding the differences it's understanding how strong the feminine energy is to the masculine energy and vice versa. So, I want to leave you with this in all seriousness. Um, oh, another thing that was something interesting that Coco said. She said, uh, You know, all men, I, the reason I started dating Ice T, and they've been together for 20 years, uh, was because he was over 40. He was that 40 or 40, and men don't really know what they want until they hit 40. And I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree that most men and women, but more men than women, they really don't understand the trajectory of their life till they hit 40. Um, I agree with that. I really agree with that. And we, women too. That's why I think it's interesting that Martha didn't start until she was 41. One book, her first little book. And I think it was like on weddings or wedding cakes or something. Check it out. Okay. Is that good? That was good, right? That was so good. That was just, that was right there. I I spent so many thousands of dollars to get that information. I just gave it to you guys. Just, just gave it to you guys because, there is power in understanding other people's journey. Now, we all have our own journey. That you know, Ice-T's journey is different than Coco's versus Martha Stewart's versus Michael Gerber's, of course. And the journey, journeys aren't linear, but understanding some of the lessons that they have learned along the way is truly, truly important, and I think it's beneficial for everybody. So I'll leave you with this. you know, If you think you're too old to get started, if you think, oh, no one's ever going to want to, Listen to me, or no one's ever going to buy my bed sheets, right? Well, whatever it is, that's bullshit. It is time. It is time for you to start your business today. Just get started. What do I say? Just get started. All right? That's it. Be you. Be real. Be the boss of your life. Do more. Have more. Be more. Seriously. This is Heather Havenwood. Check it out. Check me out at heatherhavenwood.com. Peace. Are you a business owner that has a website but not tech savvy? Do you feel like a hostage to your web guy? The better question is, do you have a money funnel so people come to your page and give you money while you sleep? No? Then go watch free video at heathermakesyoumoney.com. Imagine having a money site, not a website, for your self-published book, e-commerce products, local practitioners like chiropractors or lawyers. Get a money site, not a website. Go watch free video at heathermakesyoumoney.com.
0: Thank you for listening to Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top. Join Heather's Mastermind at InfluencerTribe.com, where she helps you become an influencer and dominate your field. Follow Heather Havenwood on Instagram. Interested in interviewing or scheduling a call with Heather? Go to CallWithHeather.com. For more, go to HeatherHavenwood.com.
1: Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust, and having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com, and let me help you rise to the top.
0: Thank you for listening to Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top. Join Heather's Mastermind at InfluencerTribe.com, where she helps you become an influencer and dominate your field. Follow Heather Havenwood on Instagram. Interested in interviewing or scheduling a call with Heather? Go to CallWithHeather.com. For more, go to HeatherHavenwood.com.